This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen, the President of World Ministries International, as well as Eagles Saving Nations. Go to my website, worldministries.org. That's world ministries.org. We've got to have another great awakening to save the Republic. We all know what's going on in the world today. Out of nowhere, Hamas attacked Israel October 7, 2023, and war was declared. I've got an article coming out, Mohammed, the Quran, Hamas, and Israel. Go to my website, worldministries.org, and read it. You know, I believe that Mark 12.30 says it all. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I believe that. I've lived by that. It's actually on the gravestone where one day, possibly, I'll be buried. Also, a statement, no regrets, and he is faithful. We need to live our life where we know when we go on to meet the Lord, we have no regrets. And I believe he is faithful, no matter what, even if you don't understand it. Today, I have evangelist Paulette Williams with me. She's uh, been with me many times. I've known her a long time. I've known her when she lived out of uh, Hawaii and uh, now in America. And so, uh, good friend, good minister of the gospel. And she's going to be sharing today. So, just open up your hearts. And uh, sit back and enjoy. Call your friends if you want. But Paulette Williams. Welcome, Paulette. Thank you. Praise God. I'm glad to be with you today. God is such a good God. I'm going to start with a testimony. And it's a testimony about my husband. Back in March of this year, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer, stage 4B, which means that He's at that final stage, and in the prostate was a tumor, and it spread to his lymph nodes, and it spread to his bones. But God is faithful. Amen. And Dr. Hansen said it, God is faithful. Amen. There's nothing impossible to them believe. And all those that are sick and shut in, I tell you, just look unto Jesus. Yes. The art and the finish of your faith. He already did it for you 2,000 years ago. Jesus. And with this testimony, I'm telling you, it started in March. They gave him a shot every three months. He takes a shot. They gave him some um, pills that he takes every night. And I tell you, his number was 217. 
In the prostate of a man, it should be no more than zero to four. His was 217. And they said, we don't have to do a biopsy. We already know you got cancer. So by the time they tested everything, he went ahead, we went ahead and we said, that's okay. We started fasting and praying. We started taking communion. We started doing everything we needed to do before God. Yeah. I had a bishop lady and she said, Paulette, look at this uh, video. And it was about sour sap tea. And I want to tell everybody, do not ever, do not ever not understand that God has the ability that everything he has already created right. is to take care of your body. Right. It's not just chemicals. Yes. It's also what he created. Amen. Sour sap tea comes from the sour sap and you drink that two times a day and you take apricot kernels, which look like almonds. And you take three of those a day. I started him on it immediately because Bishop Kim had her husband had died of cancer. And here, every time she sees something that someone is doing, because I believe in wellness, Amen. I believe in God, yes. but I believe in what God has already created. Yes. He knows he said there's nothing new under the sun. Right. So if there's nothing new under the sun. He's got a solution for this. Right. He always makes the way of escape. Yes. So though we're facing stage 4B and that cancer has spread it, but God, yes. but God, whoo, hallelujah. hallelujah, but God. Yes. And let me tell you why. They, I got another uh, video from her and it was another type of thing. Then he has a friend that's in New York and he said asparagus. It kills cancer cells. Wow. So he said, you take this asparagus and you cook it and then you blend it. You get four teaspoons a day. Do you know within a month and a half, my husband went down from 217 to 12. Amen. Now you don't tell me that that was no, the medical medicine. Because right. they, oh, the medicine's working. No, it's not. God is working. Amen. Then it went down to 0 0.04. Today, every time they take blood, it's a 0 0.01. Undetectable. Undetectable. Because God, confirms his word by my stripes you're healed anything you need from God he has already well provided it and I believe in testimony because that test becomes your testimony and it is our testimony we met with the kidney uh, specialist and she said well you know it's down to 0.1 again and again and again I said so in your analogy it's in remission she said, well, you could say that. And I said, if it's undetectable, then it's in remission. <laughs> yes. Now me, by his stripes, my husband is healed. Amen. He is healed. Amen. Because I'm not going to lay down and let him die. Right. He's healed. Yes. And I'm telling you that you get after whatever you have. God's got a solution to it. And it's not the pharmaceutical drugs. Right. I mean, it helps. I'm not saying don't do doctors. We do doctors. We do what they say. I don't tell them that I've got him on a wellness program that you cannot knock out cancer like that in a month and a half yes. to where that thing just goes and it's undetectable. Right. Mm -hmm. How can it be undetectable? Amen. Because by the stripes of Jesus Christ, 
He is healed. He was healed 2,000 years ago. He yes. was healed before the foundations of the world. Yes. He was already healed. Yes. And I'm not going to sit down and let the devil yes. take yes. my husband. 44 yes. years of marriage, yes. you don't get to have him. Yes. I have him. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. Yes. Amen. So today I want to talk about the goodness of God. And I want to talk about the goodness of God and how the things of God is good. Because sometimes we just need to remember that God is good. All the time God is good. There's no time that God is not good. There's no time that he leaves and forsakes you. God is good. There's a favorite scripture I have. Turn over to Psalms 27. So if you got your Bibles, get it out. We're going to go somewhere with them. Psalms 27. I believe in the power of healing. I believe that God is the God of the miracles, signs, wonders and miracles. He's not a liar. It follows the word. He's not a liar. Psalms 27, verse 13. I had fainted unless I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good cheer and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. I would have lost heart lest I believed. In the goodness of God in the land of the living, I would have lost heart. But I don't lose heart because I do believe in the goodness of God. I do believe in this land with wars and rumors of war, perilous times. I believe in the goodness of God. And I believe in the land of the living because he's not going to leave you or forsake you. And so now let's go over to Luke 18. This is another thing that I like that Jesus said. Luke chapter 18, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Luke 18. And we're going to verse 18. God is a faithful God and God is a good God. Luke 18, 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, this is what I love. Why calleth thou me good? There is none is good save one. That is God. Amen. There's none good but, but one. Amen. God. Is it not interesting that the first question he asked, he says, good master. But he says, what do I do to, to inherit eternal life? Now, Jesus is all about inheriting eternal life. Yeah. But first things first. Let's get it straight. God is good. Amen. He addressed that. Why are you calling me good? Right. There's none good but one. God. Yes. God is good. Yes. He's faithful. Yes. He's dedicated. He's committed. Jesus. And you've got to take him as he is, especially to you. Yes. God is good. Yes. He's not here for your destruction. No. He's here so that you will have what he said you to have. I tell people all the time, hell was not made for me. No. It's not made for me. No. I'm not going there. No. Hell was not made for me. No. Satan and all his cohorts, anybody serving, go to hell. Yes. I'm not going. I'm going to heaven Amen. because I'm going to go what he made for me. Yes. And he said, where I am, you shall be also. Amen. He sits at the right hand of the father. Jesus. I'm not doing hell. No. It was not made for me. No. And I want what God wants. And I'm going to do what God does. 
Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father. Wherever Jesus is, I'm going. Hell was not made for me. And so I want to encourage you, accept Jesus as your Savior. If you have not already, accept him as your Lord and live your life as, as he is Lord because God is good. Amen. Amen. But a certain ruler had asked him about eternal life. And he goes on later on in the next uh, verses and he explains the eternal life and what he needed to do. But good is an action and a behavior. Goodness is the quality of being good. But good is the action and behavior that are morally right. So we need to be in that goodness and we need to be in what is good when it comes to God. Turn over to Psalms 107. I'm going somewhere and I want you to come go with me. Psalms 107. And we're going to look at verse one. And it reads, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. His mercies are new every morning, but his mercy endures forever. You are in that mercy. You are in the goodness of God. You are in the place where God needs you to be especially when you know that you're not forsaking the assembly of yourselves as in the manner of some, but exalting one another so much so as you see the day approaching. That's Hebrews 10, 25. You need to make sure you're in the house of the Lord because that's where you're going to also gain strength because there is strength in numbers. And when we gather ourselves together, something you may be going through now, someone else has already gone through that. And they can help you pull you through to get to where you need to be. And you get master that and you have a breakthrough. So the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Goodness is action and behavior that are morally right. Now, looking at the word holiness, that's part of God's goodness. Dedicated and committed to God, a moral excellence. Here again, we see the pure heart that is one that is singular. And it's when it's defined, it says without any kind of mixture. You know how you can mix holiness with something when you're doing good and evil and you straddle the fence. You put a mixture in there in the word holiness. When he said, be holy as I'm holy, you put a mixture in there. Sometimes the mixture is, is alcohol. Sometimes the mixture is drugs. Sometimes the mixture is dabbing in the black arts. Sometimes the mixture, you're trying to mix holiness with something else. When it's singular, it's only holy, only holy. But you don't mix that with nothing else because you straddle the fence. God don't honor that. He don't honor that. So let's turn over to 1 Peter 1, uh, 15. 1 Peter towards the back. Going towards Revelation, first Peter, and we're going to one, first Peter one. God is so good, and I thank him that he honors his word. I've had many a challenge, but he brought me through. Thank God. First Peter 1, 15. But as he which has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manners of conversation. Holiness also deals with your mouth, the conversation out of the abundance of your heart. Your mouth's going to speak. Let's keep it holy. Let's keep it holy. 
And it says, because it is written, be holy as I am holy. Holiness dedicated and consecrated unto God, a more excellent moral. And turn over to Ephesians 1, 4. I love the fact that God doesn't leave us nor forsake us, but he leads and guides us into all truth. Ephesians 1, verse 4, and it reads, Accordingly as he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world. Who did the choosing? God did. That's right. God did. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Another key to your holiness is love. You are chosen of God and you need to remember that. Now turn over to Revelations 3. And the reason why I bring up revelations, because remember, I said, don't don't uh, straddle the fence. Revelations three, when we're dealing with holiness, we don't mix it with anything else. It's singular. Be holy as I am holy. Just holiness. Not all the other devices and things that we put in it and then want to call it God. Uh, You know, I believe in God. I'm doing God and I'm in God, God. But you've got it mixed with things which makes it not holy, unholy things, unclean things, unsacred things, things that are not morally excellent. So Revelations three, verse 15. And it reads, I know thy works that thou are that thou are neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou are lukewarm, And neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Do you understand why you don't mix anything with holiness? He will spew you out of his mouth. You do not mix anything with holiness. Be holy as I am holy. And do not mix it. He said, I'll spew you out of your mouth. You got one one foot in the world and the other foot in God. You can't do that. I mean, you can do it. You're a free will agent. But he's going to spit you out of his mouth. And so that's why I said we don't straddle the fence. We don't include other things when we're doing God. We keep it holy. Another word for the goodness is the word pure. Turn to 1 John 3, 3. You want to be pure before God as much as possible. 1 John 3, 3. And, you know, we're striving to perfect in God. We we're not perfect as Jesus was perfect, but he did show the way. And he said, I'm of the way. And when they first started talking to one another, when it came to Jesus, they would say, are you of the way? Because Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. And they say, are you of the way? The same is like, are you a Christian? And they would answer by the word way. But he showed us the way. So pure is free from contamination and it is to be clean. First John three, three, and it reads, and every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. You be holy as he is holy and you purify yourself as he is pure. So you learn to start to walk through life and get rid of things because God is good. I would have lost heart lest I believe. So if there's something in your life you need to purify yourself of, then do it. It's to your advantage. It's so that you be Christ-like. And so 
looking over at that, it says, purify yourself even as he is pure. Now, another word for goodness, because God is good and he is our God, is righteousness. The quality of being morally right or justified. How can you ever be morally right? It takes a God who is righteous. So turn over to 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. I bring all of this up because of the perilous times that we're in and because of the things that are going on, the digital dollar, the crashing of America. Oh, I've heard that in March, Russia and China, March of 2024, Russia and China is supposed to hit our, our uh, coast, East Coast, West Coast. And I've heard so many different things and so many, we, we are in war and there's rumors of war and you know, I, I was at my sister's house, and I'm gonna tell you this. And of course, she's Democrat, and of course, I'm conservative, so I'm more Republican. And uh, she said something, and you know, you see them protesting and everything in favor of the Palestines, which is like being in favor of Hamas, <laughs> that's killing men, women, and capturing them and then cutting babies' heads off. And so, it was quite interesting. She was sitting there on the couch and they had said on the news that Israel gets so many billions of dollars. She got hot. <laughs> and I looked at her and they don't deserve that. And I said, so they shouldn't defend themselves against Hamas. She got so upset with me. They don't deserve that money. So, of course, I'm being very nice because I'm a sister. <laughs> But it made me understand with her perspective, like a Democrat or a left, the left side, why they think all this Hamas, you know, that's going on is okay. The way she looked at it was that, oh no, Israel is killing all the Gaza people. <laughs> I like, and I didn't want to take the time to explain it to her. But who do you think brought Hamas into us? <laughs> and so I just looked, but it gave me a good perspective on how a Democrat looks at that. They actually looked at that like you're killing the Gaza people. But oh, yeah, Hamas is all bad. And yeah, they did all those things. But Israel's wrong. <laughs> For me, it was like an eye opener and I didn't even engage. I just let her say and I said a few things and I dropped it because obviously I don't believe that way. Yeah. Yes. 9,000 rockets. Do we have 9,000 rockets hitting us? No. Would we feel it'd be okay for Hamas to do that or Hezbollah to do that? <laughs> and I just, I just looked and I said, okay, that explains because I've been watching them during their protests and I'm like, this doesn't make sense for what Hamas has done against Israel and how these people live their lives with tons of rockets coming at them. And this is not, they, they didn't just do this one day. They're doing this continuously hitting Israel. Yes. But God, but God, I'm like, God, you go ahead. And that's just makes you bend your knee and pray more for the peace of Jerusalem and pray more for Israel and cover your brothers and sisters because you're the seed of Abraham by faith. Yes. Cover your brothers and sisters more in prayer Jesus. and just pray for God 
to touch Israel and cause Israel to win at this because they have a right to defend themselves. Come and attack America and, and act like we won't defend ourselves. Yeah, that's right. Laugh at that <laughs> because we will. But righteousness for he is made. Second uh, Corinthians 5, 521. For he has made him to be sin who knew no sin that we might be the righteousness of God in, in him. You are in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus is in you. Amen. And when you have that, you have a right. And I, I brought the goodness of God because we have to understand that there are challenges coming down the road for America. If you look when they talk about America, they only say, and I mean government or officials, they only say United States. Have you noticed they're not saying United States of America? Because they want America gone and that constitution gone because we are highly protected with that constitution, Declaration of Independence. But they'll say United States because they're trying to change that. So because they're about to do that digital dollar, they're about to crash that and get rid of the dollar. And Russia and China, they're all coming up with their own currency. We need to be prepared to know God is good. I would have lost heart lest I believe in the goodness of God in the land of the living. This is the land of the living. And I believe that God set us here, especially as a church, because I love this is what Jesus said. He's the God. The father said in Genesis one, three, let there be light and light was. Do you understand? It was not when he was talking light. He was not talking stars, moon and uh, sun, because he then started creating that. He wasn't talking that. But in the deep of, of darkness, he said, let there be light. Jesus in the New Testament said this. I am the light that has come into the world. Then he says, as long as the light is in the earth. Do you know why the light is still in the earth when he's at the right hand of the father? Because all of you, because all of you, you greater is he who's in you. The light is in the earth. The light is in you. And the light is still in the earth. And so you need to realize when he said that he was the light that's coming to the earth, he was answering his father. He said, let there be light. Light was. And then he says, I'm the light that came into this earth. I'm the light that's come into the world. And his light remains because all of you temple, the living God. Temple of the Holy Ghost. You are the light, the city upon the hill that cannot be hid. Thereby the light is still in the earth. And he's the head of the body of Christ. So he still has the light in the earth. So let's go ahead and look over at Psalms 118. I want you to know the goodness of God prepares you. And through that goodness... You have everything you have. You have need of so many things are are coming down the pipeline. But I thank God that he's got it all prepared for us. And we just need to be in his goodness in the land of the living. Psalms 118, looking over at verse 29. And it reads, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. No time is he his mercy not enduring. His mercy endures forever. And no matter what you have to go through upon this earth, his goodness is in you. His goodness favors you. 
His goodness takes care of you in the land of the living. Now, they may try to kill America in, in a lot of different ways with all the things that they were doing. Something that surprised me that I saw on the Internet was a lady who said she was at Whole Foods and she said she was filming herself and said, watch me buy my food with my hand. And she took her hand and put it on the scan and boom, her, her food was paid for. And she's like, oh, look, she had the chip. She used the chip. She had the chip inserted. She just had to put her hand there. Then I watched the next one. And this was some very wealthy people. And they must have had a mansion, beautiful place to go in their bedroom. She puts her hand on the screen to open her door to her bedroom. She puts her hand on the screen to open the door to her office. She puts her hand on the screen to get through the door of the kitchen. And, I, it, they, and they showed how they put that, that chip. It's a, it's a square thing and they put it underneath your skin. And every place in her home, she has to use a chip to enter. I said, yeah, when the thieves come, they're just going to take your hand off your arm <laughs> and go through every door. <laughs> that's what my heart, that's what my mind went to. I imagine like, lady, you think that you have security, but if they come in, they know just cut your hand off and go through every door. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? That's what I thought. But I said, you know, I'm not doing that. I don't care if you call it the mark of the beast or you don't. You're not putting it in my forehead and I ain't taking it in the hand. I'm not going to do that. But I have a, a friend and she collects seeds. And I tell you, if you can get your hands on seed, start to get your garden and start to fix your own food. Food's going to become scarce. But I thank God that if we, you know, gravitate together, then whoever has this food, whoever has that food, you come to church, you share what you have with the body of Christ. There was once a man that was a missionary in Africa and Africa, you know, can have the cracked land and be very dry and, and desert like. And when he when this one man, he didn't have money, but he had vegetables. So he would bring the vegetables for his tithe. And he kept on doing that. And then all of a sudden they had such a dry spell. Nobody had food. Guess what? He was in abundance because whatever man sows, he reaps. He reaped abundance that none of his land dried up. But the rest around him was cracked, dry ground. So he started just bringing to the church the fruits and the vegetables. He was bringing it as a tithe. He just started bringing tithes and offerings. And offer to all the people and that church didn't starve Amen. because God made sure that he was blessed. He had been sowing his vegetables and his his whatever vegetation he had. That's what he was sowing. So he started harvesting and his land was flourishing and it was green and flourishing. So I believe this. I believe that when we gather ourselves how good God is going to be in the land of the living is that we'll share what we have yes. with one another Jesus. and God will have an abundance. 
There's something I'm going to teach you later on about how God does what he does. Second Corinthians 7:10. I would have lost heart lest I believe. But Jesus says, why call thou me God? There's none good but God. Second Corinthians 7:10. Turn there with me. Second Corinthians chapter 10. And second Corinthians seven. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians seven, 10. For godly sorrow works repentance to salvation, not to be repented of for the sorrow of the world worketh death. Now, when you look at that, godly sorrow works repentance to salvation. That goodness in the land of the living is the fact that you have repentance to salvation. You have opportunity as a child of God to repent. Not everybody gets that opportunity that you repent unto salvation. When you repent unto salvation, God is right there with you. Whatever you have need of, he will provide it for you. And that's why God is good all the time. He said it worketh repentance to salvation. But when you're in the world and Jesus prayed for us, he said that they be not of the world, but I pray for them in the world that they be not of the world. So we're not of the world that that goes to death. And there's a lot of people that are starting to worry about that. We're going to all die. We're going to not have food. We're going to. And they're kind of panicking about what's going to be for 2024. What's coming down the pipeline. But I believe that God, when you're going from repentance to salvation, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in repentance. Yes. You need to repent daily. Yes. You need to have a lifestyle of repentance yes. because you can't stand before God. And God says, well, you did this. And, oh, God, I'm sorry. It's too late. Right. It can lead you to hell. Like, for instance, um, unforgiveness. Yes. And you didn't bother to, to forgive somebody that asked for forgiveness. And then you stand before God and you say, oh, well, God, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. You know, my heart, <laughs> you know how I am. <laughs> That's not going to help you standing before him when you have to give an account for every word and deed done. That's not going to help you. You need to repent here. Get it straight here. Get it right here. And then you'll understand your repentance to salvation. That's good for your salvation because the world likes to unforgive. The world likes to hate. It likes to do all this protesting and all this hatred. That's not going to help you when you do what the world does, but it'll help you what God said, that you repent to your salvation. Amen. So how do we walk in the goodness of God? We practice and exercise the God kind of love that is already in your heart. And we're now going to look at 1 Peter 3, 15. 1 Peter and we're going to three, chapter three, verse 15. First Peter three fifteen, And it reads, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Sanctified in your heart, be ready always. Be ready always because someone's going to come and ask you for that. Why you have that hope, why you've got that joy, why you've got that faith. Why do you believe? 
And you need to be ready always to give that answer. Now look at 2 Timothy 4, 2. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2. I would have lost heart lest I believe. 2 Timothy 4 verse 2. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reproof, rebuke, exalt with all suffering and doctrine. He said preach the word. That's why you need to be ready to give an answer to anyone that asks you for why you believe what you believe. Yes. Preach the word. Your life is a living epistle. Yes. Preach the word. Because people in this time, they need a word. Yes. They need to have a hope. They need to know that it's okay what's coming. It's all right. So many people are starting to say something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. I'm almost sick of hearing it. Something is about to happen. Something's coming. Something's coming. Yeah. The devil knows his time is short. That's all right. Preach the word. Correct. Rebuke and encourage. So the word translates ready comes from a Greek word for stand. How many times have God said to you stand and then stand therefore? How many times has God come up to you and he wants you to preach the word? And sometimes people are like, well, they, I need a pastor to preach that. Uh, you know, I need a leader that knows more than I do. Jesus. No, you don't. No. Because whatever word has gotten into your heart, out of the buns of your heart, your mouth will speak. Yes. And when, when someone will come up to me and they'll say, will you pray for me? And then they tell me a bunch of stuff and I'm kind of going, uh, God... <laughs> I'm not even sure what scripture to apply to that, uh, God. And I said, but your word says, open up your mouth and I'll feel it. Mm -hmm. If you ever see me when I'm praying for somebody and my mouth will go and I'll do that. I'll, I'll do it because I mean, Holy Spirit, my jaw has dropped. Yes. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> yes. And I mean, feel it. And I will close my eyes and start to pray for a person. And it happens every time. And I pray and it's the most nonsense stuff I ever thought to put together. Who's talking? The Holy Ghost. Because I drop my mouth and he feels it. He prays. That's why you preach the word. He's not going to send you to anybody that you are not already well equipped with all the word that has gotten into you that you cannot bring it forth up out of your heart. He'll pull it straight up and you'll talk to that person, Jesus, to the combination of that person's heart, because God knows all men's hearts and he'll give you the combination of it and he'll unlock that person's heart. And I tell you, I'll open my eyes and the person's flooding with tears Jesus. and I'm looking and I'm like, okay, God, I, I agree with everything I pray because I didn't understand none of this. And you know what they'll tell me? I only told that to God. God only knew that. God was the only one that could have. How did you know that? How did you know this? How did you know that? I didn't know anything. I knew open up your mouth. And then he said, I'll fill it. So I'm going to let him fill it. And when he feels it, then all of a sudden the person has what they need. He said, preach the word. You're a living epistle. Preach the word. Talk to whoever God sends you to talk to because he knows greater is he who's in you. He knows the word. He's the word out of the abundance of your heart. Your mouth will speak tongue of the ready writer right on the tablets of their heart. Preach the word. 
Now, be ready in season and out, and ready stands in the Greek for, for stand. The idea is always to stand by, always on duty, ready to go, because I don't ever believe there is an out season. I don't believe that. Because when I think I'm comfortable and I'm in an out season, all of a sudden God requires something in me, and immediately it becomes in season. I just believe there's an in season. <laughs> All the time. Be ready all the time. Just be ready to give an answer. Now, there are changes coming in America. So we have, you know, perilous times, rumors of war and all types of things, digital dollar, all types of things coming. I want you to look at First Kings 17, 1 through 7. This is why I said I would have lost heart lest I believe, because this is something that I know even from my family is the truth. First King, chapter 17. So turn over to 1 Kings 17. We're going to start with verse 1. And this is about Elijah. Elijah, the Tishbite, was the inhabitant of Gilgad and unto Ahab, as the Lord of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. You see the power of your word? You see the power of your word? That's Old Testament. You have a new and better testament, new and better covenant with better promises. He said, at my word, you have to understand that you're created in the image of the Lord. Genesis 1:23. let us make man in our own image and our own likeness. What did God say? Go to Genesis first one, not right now, but go to Genesis first one and start to to underline when he said, he did, he made, he said, he did, he made. He said, you're creating his image. He said, and what Elijah just said, at my word, you have a say. You have a say. We would go on outreaches in Hawaii and we were like the intercessors. And we come on the grounds and it'd be raining. And you know what we learned? We looked at the clouds and we said, hold your water. And go out to sea and dump that. Because we'd have a major outreach for thousands of people. We don't have time for you to be pouring rain on us. And we look at those clouds stand in a field while they're building the stage. And we command those clouds, go out to sea and dump that water. Hold your water. You know what it do? It hold its water. It didn't rain on us. And we stopped it. You think Jesus, when he got up and he said, peace, be still, you don't have the power. You think you don't. My son was walking and he was in college and he said, Mom, there's a, a wild dog down there. And I got across the railroad tracks. I said, well, speak to the dog and tell it to go and get out of your way in Jesus name. He said, but mommy could bite me. I said, boy, speak to that dog. And you know what the dog did? He stopped barking, looked at my son and ran away. He said, according to my word, your word has power if you use the word of God. Quick and powerful, sharper than a two edged sword, piercing to the dividing center of soul and spirit of joint and marrow, be a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. Your word has power. Amen. 
Now look over at verse two. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence and return thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I will command the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, and he went and dwelt in the brook Cherith and that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. The reason I bring that up is because of my family. And the fact that God caused those ravens to go ahead and bring food to Elijah. Well, my grandfather was Reverend C.S. Keys. And he was a Baptist preacher since he was 18. My grandmother, some say she was 14, some say she was 16, but she married him. So he became the first Baptist preacher of Lake Charles, Louisiana. And he built a beautiful uh, Baptist church that still stands to this day. So in his lifetime, he had five churches and he's preaching on a Sunday, two to three churches every Sunday. And that's further out in Fenton. And so my mother was first born of 12 kids and my auntie, she was second born and they were in the field and I mean in the backyard and they were playing. So my grandfather after service took the family home and then he went to go get meat. Well, there was no meat. So my grandmother's fixing dinner, you know, after service and he goes to get meat and he's gone for a couple hours. And so instead, my grandfather, he's a sweet man. He's helping this one repair the fence. He's helping this one, you know, paint the paint the building, paint the house. He's helping this one because Mrs. Such and such needs help. He does all that and come back with no meat. But it's dinner time. So you know what God did? God took some blackbirds and made them fall. And that's why I bought up Elijah. God is a provider. So my mother and my auntie and she would just fuss about it. Oh, just because Papa wouldn't bring the meat home. We had to be cleaning birds. <laughs> <laughs> so upset. But my grandmother, by the time he came home and he used to call her Shine, he said, Shine, I forgot the meat. But the meat was already on the stove cooking because God made those birds come and drop into their yard and somehow their feet get so tangled they can't fly. And they went and just had to pick up the birds for as much meat as my grandmother needed and they still had meat left over. There were so many birds. But they took as much as they wanted and the rest of them flew away. Flew away. Because God is a provider. I would have lost heart lest I believe in the goodness of God in the land of the living. And that's why I wanted to bring up Elijah. And yet we're going through perilous times. But God is good. Amen. He's going to do the providing. I fully believe if we get in an altercation and I'm stuck somewhere, water's going to be there. And nobody got to bring it to me and I ain't got to go get it. He's just going to make sure I have a drink of water. If I need some food and I'm under some building, the food's just going to come. It's not impossible. He took two fish and five loaves of bread and multiplied it. What's going to be hard for him? I'm a firm believer in the power and the authority 
of God. I'm a firm believer that he's able just for my family not to have the meat, but they're servants of the Lord. And he provided for Elijah. He provided for the Keys family. He provided it. And they didn't really have to ask for it because he already knew my grandfather was going to bring the meat, <laughs> which I just laugh at. But it so happened. So understand that you need for the goodness of God. You need to be reading your word. You need to pray often. You need to walk in love. All these things. If you continue in the lifestyle of expecting his goodness, I expect his goodness. I expect him to help me. I expect him to provide my husband and I. Why does he have that testimony? Because we expect him to heal him. We expect that God is good and we're going to eat and and survive and be healed and all the things that we have need of in the land of the living because God is good and his goodness, his mercy endures forever. I believe that. And I believe you need to have that in these times. The last scripture is Psalms 23, 6. Let's go to Psalms 23, 6. I believe in, in God and I don't believe that he leaves and forsake us. I believe that he knows what he's doing and how he's doing it. Psalms 23. And we're going to verse six. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy. His goodness, his mercy that endures forever is going to follow me always because I do dwell in the house of the Lord. And like I said to you, hell don't belong to me. Amen. I'm not going there. It wasn't made for me. But I know that the pearly gates and streets of gold was made for me. A place he's prepared for me in his father's house as many mansions. I believe that my place is already prepared. But I know I got to walk according to his word. And though we have hard times coming, we still are more blessed than the rest of the word. Amen, church. Amen. 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 Father, we just thank you for this word and we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you had your way with the word of God. We pray, Heavenly Father, that every word that has been spoken, seasoned with salt and Father God, that they got the nuggets out of what they needed to know. Because God, we truly believe you are good. We pray for anybody in the sound of my voice that you understand if you have not accept Jesus, your savior, I ask you right now that you bend your, your head and let's say this prayer. <coughs> Father God, we ask you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, to forgive me of all my sin, to remove my sin as far as the east is from the west, that Jesus Christ, you come into my heart, I accept you as my savior, that the Father raised you from the dead, and I thank you that my name could be written down in the Lamb Book of Life. In Jesus' name, I accept you and receive you. And now say amen. 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 God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen is the founder and president of World Ministries International, WMI, sounding the alarm. Dr. Jonathan Hansen ministers to leaders, political, religious, attorneys, businessmen, etc. Besides traveling the nations, he uses television and radio to reach every city in every nation. Dr. Hansen also uses social media to prepare the church and nations for the second coming of Jesus Christ. 
Dr. Hansen interviews on television in the United States Washington State Senator Val Stevens, Senator Joseph Zarelli, Councilman John Coster, and Washington State House of Representative Matt Shea at the WMI Television Studio. Reverend Dr. Daniel Nalaya, founder of the political party Rise Up Australia Party, is being interviewed by Dr. Hansen in the WMI Television Studio. Dr. Hansen in Israel's parliament interviewing on television Knesset member David Rotem and Michael Oren, Israeli ambassador to the U.S., as well as interviewing in Jerusalem on television executive director of the World Jewish Congress, Shai Hermish. Josh Reinstein, the director of Israel's Knesset Christian Allies Caucus, is interviewed by Dr. Hansen in WMI's radio studio. Here, Dr. Hansen is in the Knesset in Jerusalem, Israel, and interviewing on television MK Rabbi Yehuda Glick. He also interviewed for television Knesset member M.K. Robert Ilatov at the 2017 Night to Honor the Friends of Israel Banquet. Founder of International Coalition of Apostolic Leaders, convener John Kelly, is being interviewed by Dr. Hansen on television and radio at the WMI studios. Dr. Hansen is a guest on TBN and interviews Bureau Chief Chris Mitchell in the CBN 700 Club studio in Jerusalem, Israel. Dr. Hansen also interviewed attorney Mark Zell, Republican Overseas Israel co-chairman in Jerusalem, Israel, on TV. Attorney Stephen Pigeon, 2012 candidate for Washington State Attorney General on radio. And Reverend Dr. Joseph Featon, senior pastor of Cedar Park Church, Assembly of God, and economist businessman Arch Bonema on television. Dr. Hansen meets separately with the Liberian President Moses Zabelaw, Vice President Wesley Johnson, and with the President of Parliament, the Honorable George Dway. Dr. Hansen with the Burundi president and another day with the vice president counseling, praying, and giving direction. Dr. Hansen meeting with the prime minister and the governor general of Jamaica, the presidents of Haiti, Uganda, Zambia, Zimbabwe, and the president of parliament, Rwanda. Dr. Hansen meets with the secretary general of the global parliament for the United Nations, Burundi ambassador for the UN, governor and parliamentarian for the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and Zimbabwe's ambassador. Here, Dr. Hansen is meeting with the Member of Parliament in Sweden, the Premier, President of the Cayman Islands, Honorary Consul of the New Zealand Consulate, President of the Navajo Nation, Prime Minister of Guyana, South America, and a Member of Parliament, Ghana, West Africa. Dr. Hansen in Cuba giving a word for Fidel Castro. Dr. Hansen ministers and performs a baby dedication in the home of the Philippine Ambassador. In Jerusalem, Israel, Dr. Hansen meets in the Knesset, Israel's Parliament, with the Chairman of the World Likud Party, Danny Danone. Dr. Hansen meeting with the Vice President of Kenya, Stephen Kalonzo Musioka. This photo appeared in all Kenya's newspapers as Dr. Hansen was at Kenya's National Day of Prayer over his prophetic word for Kenya given to President Moy in 1992. In 2008, he is meeting with Kenya's President, Vice President, Prime Minister, and a U.S. Congressman. Dr. Hansen speaking in a Kenya venue that holds 200,000 on Kenya national television with the Vice President and thousands of dignitaries in attendance. Here he is ministering in the United Arab Emirates and Muscat Oman. Dr. Hansen speaking to thousands in Singapore, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Japan, India, Sri Lanka, Uganda, Kenya, Rwanda, Burundi, Poland, Sweden, Romania, Cuba, Jamaica, Central and South America, etc. Dr. Hansen speaks in conferences throughout the world. WMI School of Theology educates and prepares leaders throughout the world. Here are WMI campuses and graduates in America and Africa. WMI supplies food to the widows and orphans as well as meeting other needs. WMI provides a horse for a family farm and a refrigerator is given to a Romanian hospital, a warehouse filled with supplies for the poor. Here, Dr. Hansen leads a team to supply food for war victims and he visits with people in displacement camps. While in Liberia, Dr. Hansen and team visit displacement camps supplying the children with candies. WMI established dental clinics in the Dominican Republic, El Salvador, two in Jamaica, and 10 clinics in Kenya to help the poor. 
Dr. Hyodo, WMI's Benevolence Director in Russia, with the dental team. Dr. Hansen in Romania, where WMI supplied a dental clinic for Hand of Help Orphanage. Also, the City of Refuge Orphanage in Jamaica is visited, where the team pass out toys and other supplies. Dr. Hansen visits orphans in Ghana, West Africa, as well as in the nations of Kenya and Burundi in East Africa. WMI has built schools in the slums, including this school in Kenya. WMI educates and feeds 1,200 children in two slums in Nairobi, Kenya. In this African slum where people die from polluted water filled with urine and feces, WMI drilled a water well to supply clean water for the people. Visit our website, www.worldministries.org. Contact us via email, warning at worldministries.org. You can send a check to World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292, 360-629-5248. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, Ungodly Alliances, God is Predictable, God Holds People Accountable, Man can turn into an intelligent beast to do evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders Qualifications for Godly Leadership Romans 13, Delegated Authority Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus If laws violate conscience, we must disobey Finally, Part 5, So What Must We Do? These chapters are listed as We are in a cultural war Our responsibility to a hostile government The Christian's Science of Judgment with turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations, as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and shalom.